Hi, everyone. This is Perel Cooper from Minority Report Podcast. Hope everyone is staying safe and healthy out there. Eric and I recently had a chance to speak with Alston Taylor, who is the Chief Development Officer at St. Augustine High School in New Orleans. Great conversation with Austin about the work that he's doing there, leading the expansion of the school's fundraising strategies and tactics. Also had a chance to catch up with Austin about his career in media and advertising. He previously spent time at ESPN, BET Networks, Discovery Communications, and Viacom. So take a listen to this episode and hope you all enjoy it. And don't forget to sign up and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks. Talk to you soon. Man, thank you guys for having me. Thrilled, excited to be here. My current role is Chief Development Officer at St. Augustine High School in New Orleans, all black boys, Catholic private high school that has been in existence for 69 years. We were born out of being told that we couldn't. And what I mean by that is we were not able to go to any white Catholic institutions in the city of New Orleans during that time of segregation, obviously. And so my high school, this role that I'm in, was born out of me being able to have, I would say, a decent success in New York City after living there for 16 years and working in advertising and sales. And mm-hmm. I've always had a true passion and, and large interest in working at my high school and doing great work for it. And so after 10 years at Viacom as an account executive, decided that I wanted to return back home to New Orleans. So yeah, I came back home in January of 2019. And my new mission became working for the greater good of these young men. We have 534 boys. And so there's some exciting news that's happening right now. We are actually at a, we have our annual fundraiser that's happening tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Our annual fundraiser is called Give Purple Day. And Give Purple Day is our big fundraiser where a lot of the alums rally around. They get excited and it's, uh, it's a hell of a day of giving. And so we're in the middle of that as we speak. Pretty cool, man. Tell us a little bit about your back home where you grew up and maybe so, so much of your identity and culture was shaped. Tell us what it was like growing up there. I wouldn't trade my upbringing in the city of New Orleans for nothing in the world. If you met someone from New Orleans, you will know that we are very warm. We are people that like to take care of other people. And we will give the shirt off our back to you. If, if we got $5 in our pocket, we'll probably give you $5 and one cent because we will go borrow the one cent from someone else to give to you. And so that culture and that, that essence of a person of growing up and having that push down in my family to me was absolutely amazing. And I think it really, really helped me when I moved to New York because it, it's what made me different. And, you know, I never lost my ways and I've continued to develop into a young professional and continue to do the great work with those principles and minds of me growing up in this beautiful city. That's awesome. You just described a, a pretty big change in career path, but that's exciting. What drew you to, to make that really cool change? Tell us a little bit about that transition and, and, and what really drew you to it to make that change? Well, there's a priest that founded our school by the name of Father Matthew J. O'Rook. 
And Father Ruck and I built a good relationship in his later years of his life. I met him when he was 89 and he was already a retired priest. But our relationship continued from the first moment I met him. And when I met him, I knew that there was something special about him as a person. And I knew he put something special into this school. And our time of meeting and talking and just little mentorship moments, it always stuck. And I knew that I had a bigger calling at some point to return home and continue the legacy in which he created with the beautiful culture that we have at this school. And so coming home, the transition was fairly easy in the sense that in advertising, we're telling stories, we're creating opportunities, and we are delivering that information to people to realize that we can give them solutions, right? In this world, we're delivering solutions of getting people to buy into the narrative to support African-American young men to be educated and continue to grow and become what they're going to be and become great leaders. And so I took my skill set that I've learned over the past 16 years in New York City, and I literally just translated into the school's business. And I've been blessed to be able to work with a great team. Uh, My boss, who has been in development and fundraising on the collegiate level and in high school level, And so coming underneath his leadership has allowed me to see the business from his lens, but then also to bring my skill set of what I learned in New York City and my resources and relationships and the creativity. And so uh, it's been great. We're we're in the middle of school year number two of me being here. And prior to me coming, the school was doing annually $1.1 million in fundraising. Last school year, we did 1.685. And because of some some exciting news that hasn't really hit the airwaves yet, know that we're going to finish fundraising on July 31st at roughly 3.5 million. Amazing. That's awesome. That is awesome. That is awesome. So I, I do want to ask you a little bit about your time in New York, right? Because you spent some a number of years in New York at a number of really large and well-known organizations, right? ESPN, Viacom, Discovery. And so can you can you talk a little bit about your time in New York and, and the advertising industry? Yes. In my four years of being at ESPN, I worked in two years of ad sales and two years in affiliate sales. So in four years, I worked in ad sales, but I worked in affiliate sales as well. So my two years in ad sales was absolutely amazing. And I say that because it was a young black boy from New Orleans speaking with a Southern drawl, wasn't formulating the best sentences, wasn't right out the gate able to pick up a phone and give client servicing in the best possible way that should have been done. And someone pulled me to the side and had a moment with me to share all the things I needed to work on to be a real true executive. And if it wasn't for those moments, I'll still be the same person that I was when I was 23. And so being in the culture and the atmosphere of ESPN in that ad sales division, it forced me to quickly grow up and to do things better and to speak differently and and be able to be a chameleon 
inside of a business world where it didn't have a lot of people that looked like us. Mm-hmm. So, right. you know, I came from the South and a lot of my interactions were mainly with people that look like me. And so when I go into this whole new world, I end up having to adjust and to quite frankly, step my game up. And so I love every bit of my moments that I had in ad sales. I love my moments in affiliate sales and I would not trade anything for it because it taught me the value of relationships. It taught me the value of following up, the understanding that the business moves like this yeah. and you have to be on top of it. Look, there were times when I had a schedule that I may have cost the company a couple of hundred thousand dollars because the iskies were wrong. And then I had to quickly come up with a solution to make it work. And I did, but that took training and it took people to grab me and say, don't stress. Here's how you do it. Here's how we'll work through it. And so because of that, I I owe a huge debt to the folks at ESPN in my early days of getting me to where I needed to be. What experiences, right, from being in New York, as you said, right, like moving from the South to New York, having to adapt in multiple ways, right? Not only the, the, the culture, but like you said, being very few of, of those that look like us in the space. I'm sure there's a ton of things that you learn that you can now take and turn that into advice for where you're at today, for the next generation coming up. Can you give us, you know, a few things that you're able to teach the kids that you're around all day long in terms of advice? Yeah, I, I would say, you know, the greatest advice is that this is not a sprint. It's a marathon, mm-hmm. right? I think a lot of people want to rush to have all the success that they want to have. And, you know, that's, that's that shouldn't be your focus. Your focus is to be a sponge, be a student of business. Yeah. And that is going to come with a tremendous amount of ups and downs. The other part of it is you've got to be nimble and flexible because the business of advertising is evolving. Yeah. And, and it is moving at a very, very fast pace. And the only way that you're going to be the top executive that you want to be is if you continue to evolve with it. So you have to stay flexible and be comfortable with knowing that what you're doing to they may not be the way tomorrow. Gotcha. Gotcha. Curious to know, obviously, you're super busy, right? Got a work life, got a personal life. Is there a such thing as work-life balance? And if so, how, how do you manage that? It's hard for me because this role that I created, um, I have a timeline on it. And I said I was going to do this job for five years. And so mm-hmm. every day that I wake up, I'm asking myself, what did I do today? because I want to make a play every day. And so I find a way to have a little bit of balance, but I'll tell you, I'm guilty of always being on for this school. And that's just that, that burning desire to make an impact for these young men. And so I do find my moments. I, I work out at 6 a.m. every day. I'm into the office at 8. And uh, this is not New York hours, right? So it's, it's 4.30. 4.49, and everybody's gone. Summer hours for the school, we're, we're done at three. But for me, it is, this is my life, right? And part of my giving over the next five years, I'm going to give my all to this place because I believe in it so much. So 
I'm guilty of not having the proper balance, but I will say on Thursday, I am removing everything. I'm unplugging the phone and I'm going to do that all the way to the following Thursday. Yeah. It's interesting. We hear, we hear how so many people balance things differently and it's not so different from what you're describing, you know? It's amazing. And that's the New York hustle in us. Yep. And when you have, when you have a passion for it, right, it's, it's, it's always kind of on, right? Everyone, um, it does, so one thing, man, everyone, it doesn't matter, male, female, black, white, whatever, right? We all have 24 hours in a day. And it's <laughs> right. a matter of like how, how you choose to spend it. That's, you know, it's funny. I, I, I try to live by the eight, eight and eight, eight hours of sleep, mm-hmm. eight hours of work, eight hours of play. With some kind of way that work eats into those that that eight hours of uh, of sleep and play. You know, call Austin. I wanted to I wanted to ask you. You know, for our viewers and listeners. You know, right now we're going through some exceptional times. Right now, I mean it. I mean, and I'm not talking about COVID. You know, we're going through some real tough moments from a societal perspective, culturally. I mean, we are going through a very unique moment in our time here. I wanted to ask you what it's like working with young men in this particularly challenging sort of environment right now where, you know, quite literally people are doing a lot of self-evaluation. They're looking all around them. They're trying to figure out, you know, what's happening. And I wanted to ask you about what it's like, you know, working so closely with folks who don't always have a big voice, you know? So tell us what it's like. It's great. You know, there's young men who they obviously look up to me and they look to me for advice. I look to them for advice and I find myself right now reaching out to them much more than usual, especially our seniors who are headed off to different places. And I'm calling them to say, how you doing? And, you know, that's a loaded question because they know what I'm really asking them. Yeah. And their responses have been, help me understand why is that, you know, why is it almost like we have a target on our back every day? Uh, You have some kids that truly understand it and it's like, you know, I'll stay out of harm's way. And I know that education is a gateway to me being able to not be a target. And if I know my rights and if I know how to speak in a moment to where that's going to be challenged. I know my education will continue to help me be that much more mature when those times come around. But some of them are just like, that's not me. That won't be for me because I'm going to make sure that I'm never put in that position. And so my response to that is you can't control everything that someone else does. And so you have to stay, stay focused, stay humble, but always be alert. So it's, look, it's a challenge. There's 534 black boys that are at the school, and uh, we pride ourselves on knowing our young men from the littlest one in eighth grade to the tallest one that's a senior. And so, you know, we find our ways on how we check in with them to make sure that they're doing okay and they're doing fine. Some enrichment program started today, so we laid eyes on about 120, and they were here today, masked up, sitting in class, six feet apart. And uh, it's a beautiful thing when you see these young men and, and you recognize that they're here 
all to be educated, no matter what socioeconomic background they come from. Alston, uh, you know, you mentioned being there together. We see powerful symbols of faith around you. Can you tell us a little bit about sort of faith and your faith and, and everything that surrounds you there and how that actually, you know, sort of plays into your everyday life? Yeah, like, let me show you. Here's where I am right now. I'm doing <laughs> We, we saw we saw when you walked in. That's why we asked the question. <laughs> Look, it doesn't get any better than that, man. We uh, <laughs> my faith is incredibly strong. This school has played a large role into my life and my faith. Every single class period, every single class period, there's a prayer that we do in the school. That's for all 10 months of when they're in the school, and that's every single period. And it could be as small as us saying, St. Joseph, pray for us. St. Augustine, pray for us. In the name of the Father, of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. That's going to happen, right? And that is part of the culture that Father Matthew O'Rourke created in 1951 that's standing the test of time 69 years later. And so this is a place that, you're rooted in faith, right? And you're never going to question what's happening in the world. And we teach our young men to recognize that the importance of having an incredible faith. Nice. nice. Where do you draw inspiration from? I mean, you went to the city, right? Worked for a bunch of big companies, moved back home. You're dedicating your life, as you said, for the next five years to school there. Where do you draw inspiration from? Growing up, I didn't have a dad in the household. I uh, watched my mom make struggling look worth it. I watched her work two and a half jobs to make sure that I had this school as an education. And I always had this energy of wanting to be first and always wanted to outdo everything that I've done the day before. I'm not sure if that's just something that was given to me when I was born, but you're talking to the all-time stolen base leader of Texas Southern University. And, you know, I had this thing that I always never want anybody to outdo me, especially in running. Mm. Um, and so the inspiration that draws me is I want to make an impact every single day, right? And that impact can be beyond these kids because for me, I'm a connector and I'm an influencer by way of always prepared to help someone. At no monetary value. It's not interesting. Like it doesn't interest me to help someone because what I'm going to get out of it. It helps me to always showcase that I was able to move something and get it from where it was. And so I don't know where that came from, man. It's just, it's, it's always been in me to always have that spirit of, you know, being an influencer and being a person that can get things done for people and helping them get to their dreams faster than what they think they can get there. Right. Someone wants to do something. They think, oh, it's going to take me 20 years to get there, but I really want to get there. I may have a way to do it. And I'm going to extend that olive branch to you so you can live through that dream now versus waiting later. Gotcha. Okay. And something that you and I can discuss later, which is baseball. I'm a huge baseball fan and I uh, didn't know that you, you held that stat. So we can talk about that later. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> All right. A fun question I love asking all of our, our guests before we wrap up, which is on your phone, give me three apps that you use regularly 
And don't tell me email and don't tell me calendar. <laughs> All right. I'm going to pull one up for you. So, Trib. Okay. And you're going to see what Trib is. So, Trib is my, this is our schedule for our daily workouts at CrossFit. Mm. Uh, this was the workout of the day today. That happened at 6 a.m. All right. So this is daily. I'm, I'm on trip every day. Word search. Word search. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, growing up, I always loved to, you know, grab the newspaper yeah. and do the word search on in, in a newspaper. And then it transformed into using uh, the books that you can find. Gotcha. Obviously, an app, and so just to show you, I'm not lying. I'm at level 62 right now. Wow! So it's a crossword puzzle app. Oh, crossword puzzle. Okay. All right. Yeah. That's and a good one. The third. There you go. All right. TED Talk. TED Talk. All right. All right. <laughs> My favorite uh, TED Talk guy is Simon Sinek. You ever heard of Simon? I have not. Okay, Simon, he has, it's called How Great Leaders Inspire Action. It's a 22-minute talk that he gives. Oh, I've heard heard of Simon. Okay, I know who you're talking about now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's really good. He's really good. We didn't know his name. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I know who you're talking about. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. The right. boy is a storyteller. Yeah, he is. Absolutely. He is. Great, great guy. I draw a lot of great inspiration from watching him with his different speeches. Obviously, that's one of many that he's done, but he does a, he does a great job. So, yeah, so my, my TED Talk, my trip, and my uh, word search, those three are used daily, uh, especially the word search. You know, I like to keep my brain active. Yeah. Well, Austin, thanks for hanging out with us. Often our viewers and listeners love to keep the conversation going. Where can they find you? You can find me on IG at A-U-L-S-T-O-N-T-A-Y-L-O-R, which is Austin Taylor. Facebook, same, pop in my name, you'll find me. You'll find me here in New Orleans at St. Augustine High School. You ever want to drop by? And if you are inspired to want to help young black men, you can help us tomorrow or right now in this moment because it's our campaign is active and live. You can text the word purple, P-U-R-P-L-E, to 71777. If you text that on your phone, you'll get a prompt that comes in that asks you to go and donate. We we'll greatly appreciate you guys if you support the campaign. it all adds up. We're currently at about 296,000 raised to a goal of 425,000. And so tomorrow, our goal is to eclipse that $425,000 goal for these young men. So if you feel compelled to want to give, we greatly appreciate your support. Know that you're helping to impact a young man's life who will go out one day and set the world on fire. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks so much for joining us and everyone listening and watching. Thanks for hanging out with us. You can find us everywhere. You find your audio and your visual content.
and just search for Minority Report podcast. Thanks. Minority Report. Thank you guys, man. I greatly appreciate this. Corel, my man. Look, I'm, I'm very grateful to be able to be on you guys' platform. And uh, look, is there anything I can do to help? Anything more that you can that you can glean out of me? I'm happy to give. Uh, just let me know. Awesome. Excellent. Thanks a lot. Thanks, awesome.